What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 28 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and I would just like to say we are in a very good mood right now. Very good mood. Both of us. Yeah. Despite the fact that Emma is in an orange Verstappen jersey and I am in a red Ferrari jacket, we're having a day. Yeah, we didn't plan that. No. Like, we didn't coordinate outfits. We don't usually, but today it was just... It's funny today. Yeah, we, we kind of laughed when we looked. But you couldn't not wear the jersey. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to start here. Yeah. Take okay. it away, Em. You know the nail theory. If you listened, you know the nail theory. Yes. If I show support for a driver through the nails, they don't work. It doesn't work. And we did try to mush Max with the nails months ago. But it wasn't... We knew it wasn't really like the Red Bull color. So I was like, I'm not really convinced anything's going to happen. Oh, okay. So it was, it was more of like the Williams blue. I think it was like a, like an Alphatari blue. I think, no, but I think you did end up mushing like Yuki because he wasn't getting points for a while. It was an Alphatari. Anyways. Anyway, I stopped for a while and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm done. I'm done supporting through the nails. And then I was like, I'm going to try it one more time. And that's when I got the orange nails. Yes. And then Oscar crashed during practice. Yes. And then Lando, he didn't have as good of a weekend as he had yeah and then that was the same day i also got the daniel ricardo tattoo yes which is more permanent than nails danny rick broke his arm his wrist whatever so i'm like i'm the problem i know i'm the problem this also carries into indie a little bit you don't you yeah. haven't like necessarily spent money on any indie drivers but any indie driver you support yeah just yeah has a terrible weekend so yeah. anyways so, here we are I, before, I didn't, I didn't tell you I was doing it, but I was like, no. I am buying a Max Verstappen merch. So I ended up, got a jersey from Furious Motorsport, a Max one, like the orange one. The design is so nice. Like, mm. I'm obsessed with it. No, I love it. And I was like, I'm doing this. I think I texted Boston at like 1 a.m. and I was like, I'm fucking crazy, <laughs> but, but I'm going to try this out. Do you know the TikTok sound? It's like, <laughs> I am fucking crazy, but I am, but free. I am free. That's you. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Um, I'm sure I can go back and find the text, but I had said, I was like, I think I just need to try, try this out to see, cause I've never actually supported Max. I've never tried to like be his fan. So I was like, I'm gonna buy a Jersey and I'll see what happens. So the Jersey came in before, um, what is this race? The Jersey came in like right before Singapore. <laughs> what is this race? <laughs> and that's when I made the video. So if you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, I made a video explaining why I got the Jersey. I want to see if my support for Max will do something to Max's race. Because it's not like I can just say, I'm supporting Max. Right. I said the motorsport gods wouldn't believe that. No, that you needed to spend legit money, mm-hmm. a good amount of money on Max. And I did. And you did. I got the jersey. Yes. And I was like, I'm a Max fan now. We got a lot of comments in support. We got a lot of comments saying, you just wasted your money. This is pointless. Max is a curse breaker. And, then, and those then, people came back to the comment section. I was like, oh, just kidding. I take it back. <laughs> because Max... Did not make it to Q3 for the first time in how many years? Since, so or Red I, Bull. Max, I'm not sure, but the stat about Red Bull was the first time two Red Bulls have been out in Q2 um, since 2008. Yeah. What the heck? That's a long freaking That's a time. Long time to not have both Red Bulls in Q3. Q3. So Max didn't make it into Q3, which already was a shocker, and then. People came back at the video and was like, it's working. And yeah. I was like, we cannot get our, we can't think about this. Like, there's still a race. We don't know. And then he didn't win the race. He didn't even podium. It was the jersey. Did I ha- I had the jersey on this morning. I like woke up at, right before the race started, grabbed the jersey on. And like, I just went back to bed. Because mm-hmm. that's, I don't want to, you, had you to. know. But I had to have the jersey on. And it worked. It worked. You are Nico Rosberg. Now, my favorite comment you've got all weekend is something about your new powers. Use your new powers wisely. Oh, yeah. Use your new powers wisely. Yeah. I... <laughs> Might I just say, 
So uh, I was at Emma's last night. She was having a housewarming event. And then I went home because my dog ate a snake. This Where's is this? A rid- I'm sorry. This is a ridiculous story. Where's this going? I know. Sorry. And so I had to leave quite early. And I was bored and also really, really just wanting the race to start. Like I was like hyped last night. I'm mm-hmm. like, just give me the race already. Mm-hmm. So I posted a story. Some of you responded. I responded to probably 15 messages from listeners sending us messages being like, can you please make sure Emma wears the jersey tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bestie, don't you worry. And she's there. wearing that damn jersey tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I did. And I just think, I just think it's funny. It's weird. I know, okay, historically, Red Bull has not done well in Singapore. Singapore yeah. Max has never won Singapore. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, there are a lot of variables at play here. But it's just the timing it, of it yes, was funny. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It, but it also wasn't just like, you know, Max was in the lead fighting with Carlos and Carlos just crossed the line right before him type deal. Like, like it wasn't no, like, Max, Max had a shit weekend. He was struggling the entire time. Yes. The entire time. You know who I, was, I shouldn't say Max was struggling. The car was struggling. Yeah. The car was not built for the type of track that Suzuka has. It's just not. Or I'm so sorry. Singapore has. It's I have, I have track stats on the brain. I know. I'm thinking um, about Suzuka too. Yeah. I just like, it's weird. Am I a witch? I don't know. Maybe. Is it a curse? Maybe. Like, I'm also delusional. We're delusional. We're, uh, yeah. I don't have any sort of power. It's just something that happened, but it's just weird that it happened. Right. And I um, I think we should apologize to the Max fans because so I also, sorry. I'm a Max fan. Yeah. Have I been a Max fan this season? Not really. I don't have to be. He's going to win whether he has me supporting him or not. I've wanted to make F1 more interesting and see other drivers win, but like... Yeah. If you were to do this in like the second or first or second race of the season, I would have been mad at you. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, I genuinely, I was like, I want to see how far Max can extend this, the record. Yes. And I was like, and I, I wasn't, I didn't put it on and like pretend. I was like, let's see. Like, I have faith. He's won from the back of the grid. Yes. He can win from yes. 11. Yes. And I think we were all expecting that to happen and then it didn't happen. I literally think any other track, Max probably could have won. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, we're going to say it's you. Okay, thank you. Um, I, yeah, I did say, I did point out to you that Max has won from P20 before, so mm-hmm. it was, it could have gone either way. Also, can I just say that you were respectful in that you let him break the record and then mushed him? That's true. <laughs> I let him break the record. He extended it by one, like, or he tied the record and then went on for the 10. So, you know what? He still has the record. 10's a great number. He can't do, okay, how do I word this? Because how many races are left? We're way past the halfway point at this point. Which means there's next year. That's his next time to like get that record again. Like he can't. Yeah, if get, he were to he, yes, if he were to win the rest of these races and then next season, yes. Yeah, like he. Yeah. Anyway, but also I just want to point out also with the curse, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> always struggles, and I think it's because I'm in love with him. And that's not changing. <laughs> no. Sorry, Lance. So I can't just like stop having a crush on this man. So he has to quit F1. He has to. He has no choice. <laughs> after t- Lawrence is going to fire him because After of this you. weekend, he has no choice, genuinely. That is the curse. I am Nico Rosberg. You are Nico Rosberg. Okay. Okay, but... Yes, I know what you're going to say. Nico Rosberg did take a photo with Max's car, but he didn't post it anywhere. Like, it wasn't on his Instagram. It wasn't on his Twitter. I don't know if he, like, sent it to, like, a news outlet or what, but it wasn't circulating. Like... So how do people know this picture was taken? Well, someone saw it on Twitter and that's how we got it. Someone sent it to us, but I couldn't find it anywhere. 
and people like weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like publicly posted. Mm. So I don't know when he took anyway. So I was just like, it wasn't me. wasn't Nico. Right. So we're still not sure whether the yeah. Nico Rosberg is actually the curse mm-hmm. or whether you are. I'm going to say it's me. Yeah. I mean, fed by delusion and narcissism. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I'm so yeah. kidding. No, you're right. That's it. You're right. Uh, okay. okay. Well, I mean, about- yes, Emma's curse was a big part of our weekend, but this weekend was actually just um, really fun and very interesting to watch in general. Probably one of my favorite race weekends so far. I think the commentators loved it. Yes. Like, during qualifying, yes. especially in Q3, like, I haven't heard the commentators that excited. Yeah. In a long time. Also, did you get the feeling, like, after Q2 that, like, qualifying was over? Like, kind just of. the way that they were talking, the way that it was cut, it was like, okay, quality's over. Like, bro, we still have, like, 10 more drivers here. We got to sort. It was as soon as Max. <laughs> as soon as Max was, was out, like, yeah. Like, the big news was Liam Lawson, third race, by the way. First time racing in Singapore. Also, his first time his family was watching his race. It's also his favorite race. Like, his favorite track. He's never driven it, but it's his favorite track. Yeah. So, for him to get points, and for, okay, but, like, we're just jumping ahead here. But during quali, Liam Lawson set a faster lap time than Max, and that was what ended up kicking Max out of the the top ten. So, props to Liam Lawson. Oh, Liam was my star of the weekend. Like, he... so good. And yeah. he was so humble about it. So humble. And he was like, no, I could have done better. Like, yeah. I was, you know, I messed up on this. I was short, like, like a tenth here. And was looking for ways to improve. And we're like, buddy, you knocked Max out. Yeah. Take the win. And and you finished on the points in your third race at a very difficult track. Like, yeah. It's... Take the win. So, but that's what happened at the end of Q2. Liam knocked Max out. And then the, it just seemed like quality was over. Because that was, like, where the hype right. was. But, I mean, we can go back to Q1. Q1 was interesting, too. Yeah. Like, with, because of Lance's crash. I screamed when it happened. Oh, I bet. It was, it was probably the most high-impact crash I've seen so far this season in it F1. It was bad. If, if you were watching F1 TV, if you're watching that broadcast, you would have seen that the onboard was, like, it was Lance's onboard. And so it just so happened that the commentators were talking about Lance, were getting a view, driver's point of view, and then the crash happened. Like, we were... None of, no one watching, I want to say we didn't expect it, but like we also did. We talked mm-hmm. about it after how you could see him at the corner previous that he was losing it. Like he did not have control of that car, but it's very, it's rare that you'll have the onboard at like live when it happens. Like usually the commentators are like, oh no, someone's gone off. And, and then, then we they go back out. to, yeah. So that, that's, um, it's actually common in Indy is the commentator's curse. It happens a handful of times in Indy where they'll be talking, they'll be praising a driver or they'll be on the onboard and then something will happen. It happened to Colton Herta at the last race. Remember the race before. But like, so it's more common in Indy for that to happen. But anyway, so it happened in F1 and I screamed. I actually screamed. I was like, I was very upset. I started quali, um, what, maybe half an hour after it started? Yeah. I was so tired. Oh, my God. I know. Because <laughs> as soon as Max was out of Q3, our messages were blowing up. Yeah, I know. And I was like, Hannah needs to watch And I this. hadn't texted you, so I knew that I knew that you knew I wasn't watching yet. But so I had a friend, my, my friend, Amelia, shout out. She has never watched F1 in her life. <laughs> she was waiting for a flight this week and F1 was on TV. So she watched Quali and she texted me and was like, I think I'm watching F1 Quali right now. Is there fast cars on TV? <laughs> Something along the lines. <laughs> and I was like, yes, there's fast cars on TV right now. I hadn't started watching yet. So she texted me maybe 20 minutes later and she was like, I feel like I just saw something crazy. And I texted her and I was like, okay, I haven't watched yet. Like, don't, 
don't spoil anything for me. I'll put it on right now. So we get to Q1 and then Lance crashes. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what she's talking about. Like first time F1 watcher. She thinks this crash is crazy, which it was, Mm -hmm. but like, she's probably like, oh my gosh, like that's what happens, whatever. And so I texted her. I was like, oh, I just saw the crash. Like, yeah, that was, that was a crazy crash. It was super high impact and driver error, whatever. And she didn't respond to me. So then I was like, okay, weird. Well, I also texted then, you because I was like, just you. Yeah. I literally said, just text me when you see it. Yes. And I thought you were talking about Lance's crash. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone was talking about Lance's crash. So then I'm like watching along. I've, I forwarded through the entire red flag. red flag because Emma told me that it was boring and all it had to do with was like Oscar being humble, which we'll get to. Anyways, then I see Max go out in Q2 and I texted you and I was like, oh my God, is that it? Yep, like- and, you were, and then I texted, no... Then I put that on my story about Max uh, missing Q3. Yeah, and like something's missing my friend here. Amelia messaged me and she's like, this is more what I was talking about. I'm like, but how did you know how crazy this was? Because I think, because the commentators, yes. everyone was making a yes. big deal out of it. Yeah. So even if you don't understand why it's a big deal, hearing that commotion, yes. like you're going to be like, okay, I'm That's exactly what she, she, she was like. The commentators were very telling. And then anyways, she watched her first F1 race today. Oh. So, that. like, this was probably the best race that yes. she could have watched, and I, I feel like we've got her hooked. Anyways, I thought that was just funny, because even someone who didn't know F1 knew how crazy this weekend was. But yeah, Q1, Lance crashes, unfortunately, Oscar got screwed. I felt so bad for him, because it wasn't his fault that his lap time was ruined, it was Lance's. Yeah. And, like, we're not blaming Lance, like, obviously that didn't happen on purpose. But Oscar was very... Okay, I think... I'm gonna just put myself in that situation. If I was an F1 driver... I would be livid if my lap time was ruined, no matter what happened. Yeah. Oscar is so level-headed. He's calm. He, like, he knows that he could have done better before instead of better lap time. Like, he's, like, he wasn't putting the blame on anyone. when He, he could have put the blame on Lance in, like, yes. a mean, yeah. like, in a mean I, way. I, you know yeah. I mean? But he wasn't. Like, he could have just been, like, not that he put the blame, because, like, obviously, you first and foremost are, like, is he okay? Mm-hmm. And all the drivers are like that, too. Um, but I think he would have been like, for fuck's sakes, like, Lance just ruined my lap. He ruined my quality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he wasn't. No. And he's usually like that. If drivers impede on him, if he feels like he's yes. pushed off the track, like, he's never angry about it. He must meditate. He's got it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and says he either does yoga or meditates or both mm-hmm. because his mental toughness seemingly is, like, on another level. Mm-hmm. I'm envious of it. You know what? You should try yoga. I try yoga. Or I do yoga. You, tr- and you do yoga? I, I do yoga, yes. Does it help? Um, I I do believe that it helps me in some aspects of my life, yes. Okay, I might look into yoga. Oh, the part where Max's engineer, GP, went, went full lawyer mode. So oh, I don't think I caught this. Okay. So I think it made, maybe it was mentioned during the red flag. I don't actually remember. But there was a part where Max had stopped in the pit lane, even though the light was green. And he was keeping cars behind him. And I don't I don't know why he stopped. Like, I don't know why he just what didn't go. But that's you can't do that. And so it could have been, like, a fine or a penalty. Oh, this was the impeding penalty that they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he, he had no reason to be stopped in the pit lane. Right. And so GP, right away, was like, there's nothing wrong with the car, Max. It's fine. To, like, make it seem as though Max was... Like, like he would stop because he, because he had a problem with yeah. the car or something. But, but GP right away was like, nope, Mac car is all good. Like you're good to go. Like it was just like the way yeah. GP was right on it. 
Yeah, Props yeah. to him. Yeah. I just loved went it. into like PR mode. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he didn't end up getting a penalty for that. No. There was actually two impeding calls they were looking at for Max after quali- qualifying. And I don't know where the second one was. I didn't even know where the first one was until you just told me that. Um, but he didn't get a penalty for either. Which, you know what? You know, again, very weird because I do feel like another team would have got a penalty. But then we can also say the same thing for last time in Monza when Carlos and Charles were both under the speed limit or under the, the time limit. Yeah, and we did say that we we thought that if that wasn't in Monza, they would have gotten they a would have gotten a penalty. So does the FIA play favorites? Are they scared to not scared, but like are they I think they just <sighs> you know what word. I think it is? I think they don't want to have much of an impact on the race mm-hmm. because then people look at the FIA and they don't look at the drivers, mm-hmm. which is so hilarious because this is an organization that handled the whole 2021 20, season the way they did. But anyways, it's yeah, there, we got a lot of, I, I don't know if you saw them, but we got a handful of messages about like, well, where people are looking into Max's penalty. Like, is Max going to get a penalty? Like grid plays penalty. And we're just like, probably not. Like, pro- like honestly, probably not. And I also think maybe if Max had qualified higher, like, been on pole or on the front row or whatnot, maybe they would have given him the penalty. But I wonder if if they were like dudes already in P11 and got knocked out by a rookie, maybe we'll cut him some slack. Maybe. Like, I don't know. I'm I mean, just like, I'm tinfoil hat. <laughs> Conspiracy theorist. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, but that was quality. Um, Wait, can I also just say two Haas cars two hosses in q3 in q3 and no red bull <laughs> <laughs> it still makes me crazy we have to go back to Haas after we're actually i'm gonna do a whole uh ice bath rant later on in this show so just keep listening i if was that here for the you. ice bath content <laughs> oh my god we're not getting there <laughs> and then the race and then the race this morning so i thought it was gonna be a wet race because one person said it and i believed him yeah Yep, I'm not gonna do that again. No, I, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a wet, it wasn't a wet race at all. Max had has never won Singapore. Yeah, so that was it's like one of the only tracks left that he's never won. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think a lot of us were expecting that he would just like win, but a lot of drivers had started on hard tires, and I think Char- just the Red Bulls didn't. Charles also started on softs. Because he used that as an advantage against George Russell, who had started mm. second. Oh, Carlos was pole. We completely skipped over that. Oh, was, yeah. Carlos. <laughs> yeah, Carlos got pole. Carlos, George, and um, Charles. They were the, the top three. And then Lando. But Charles had started on softs to get that advantage to, like, because, I mean, they were just faster is what they are. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. And he had gotten ahead of George at the first lap. and First corner. First he, corner. Yeah. It was really... Actually, that first corner was kind of crazy. <sighs> yeah. So... There was a good portion of this race where I felt like I didn't need to watch. Well, there's a good maybe like 40 laps. There was um there was a lot of question around Lewis. Okay, so the first 10 were were interesting and the last 10 were interesting. It was like the last 15. Um, but there's a lot of question yeah. around Lewis because So on the first corner, Lewis had I think he started 5th, 5th or 6th. He had gone off the track. I guess he just like locked up it happens and he had gained an advantage that way, not only over George but over Lando. Mhm. And Lewis has been driving in Formula One for a hot minute. So it's almost like you should have known that he, he had like, to give the places back. He should have back. known he had to give the places back. Yeah. And it took a even George, like over the radio, was like, is he giving that up? Or well, and I didn't even think about Lando till I heard Lando's radio message. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
Lewis had given Lewis eventually had to give the spot back to George, but then it was still another thing where it's like, no, 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 you have to also give it back to Len. I'm just, but then they it let that go to the FIA. They let the the race stewards um, yeah. decide the Lando place because I think eventually Lewis was like, I'm not, I don't want a penalty over this. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll yeah. give it back. But then it happened again where Lewis went and yeah. overtook off the track yeah. and then needed that harsh reminder mm-hmm. to give the spot. Anyway, I was just like, this is well, weird. The funny thing too, is that if you heard Lewis's radio message after this happened, he said George pushed him off the track, which did not happen. That did not happen. No. Anyway, I don't, I know I was kind of like, okay, Lewis, I understand that you have to strategically give the place back. Like, they all do that. But, like, he wasn't giving it to Lando. And, like, Lando's not the type of person who's going to be, like, banging on his steering wheel. Like, give me the place. So, I I wonder if he was just just waiting to see if Lewis was going to take a penalty instead. But uh, he ended up giving it back. And then, yeah, did it again. So, learned nothing, apparently. It's just, but Um, just weird. Like, you wouldn't expect it from him. Yeah, I know. Yuki? Right away. Bro, this is SD Bestie part two. Well, they did end up talking about it. Yeah. Because we were it like, took a while, what is yeah, going they did. on? Um, all of a sudden, Yuki's out. He collided with Checo and then got a puncture and then just couldn't. And you it. know what? The collision looked very, like, minuscule at first glance. But yeah, it was just like a puncture at the right. Yeah. And then that was when, was that when the safety car came out or was it later? I think it was later. No, no. The safety car went out when Logan hit the wall. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now there was some controversy about when Logan went into the wall because he didn't, he was able to drive himself back to the pits, but, but he was pretty far from the pit. So he had to like take it slow and drive back. And he was like spreading debris with him as he went. So that's why they deployed the safety car instead of just having it as a virtual safety mm-hmm. car. Which I, I get, but I feel like it took a, a while for that safety car to get there because yeah. everyone was like, Okay, well, the, the, there was a piece that was, like, hanging on for dear life onto the car. but And so everyone was like, well, no, it's fine. There's no debris on the road. But, like, there actually – there ended up being – They I were think thinking was, that Fernando actually um, took on a piece of – it up, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was just a lot of confusion as to if the safety car was actually needed. It, I don't know if it was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was the controversy. I don't know. But then at that safety car – that is when everyone pit for new tires because usually Singapore is a one-stop strategy. Yeah. And most cars or most teams went in and called the pit. So Carlos had gone in first. Charles went in for the double stack. And it was just really unfortunate timing that Mercedes also was doing the double stack. And because of the traffic in the pit lane, Charles lost well, a few that seconds. And, and his pit stop was 5.7 seconds. It was slow. Was it? Oh, I didn't see yes, that it was Charles's slow. Charles's pit stop just... was slow. It was like 5.2 or 5.7, one of those. It was slow. It's like Ferrari cannot double stack. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't know how. Yeah. I don't get it. How do you keep calling this strategy? I understand that it was a perfect time to, du- to double stack. Because everyone else was doing it. But you got to be ready for it. Like I'm just so confused. And like until that point, Charles knew he was playing like the team game. Yeah. Like he knew he wasn't with Carlos having pole. Charles knew like his job was just to keep the grid behind. Yeah. To like increase. Yeah. His job was to increase the gap between his teammate and the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Like Charles knew going into that, that it was good. And it just happened that the pit stop. Did not benefit him. Mm-hmm. Also, the Red Bulls didn't pit. Yes. So this was huge. This was a big strategy call that would have paid off if Carlos did not come out of the pits ahead of Max. Mm-hmm. Because I think they were banking on Max, again, not pitting. And so Max is, he's fast. He's good at creating a gap. I think they were banking on Max pulling ahead yes. after the pit exit yeah. and cre- creating that gap because yeah. he could have. And then he would stay on a one-stop strategy while the rest would have yeah. potentially been on two. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that just was not the case. And then by the time the restart happened, most drivers, like the leading the pack, they were on fresher tires. They were on the newer tires and Red Bull just couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Both him, like both Max and Checo, mm-hmm. they had the older tires. Mm-hmm. There was, they couldn't fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not at this track. And especially because with how high the temperatures are, yeah. Oscar had said afterwards, like if you go and like give everything, like if, it's like a quality lap where you literally give it all yeah. you got. It takes like seven to 10 laps for your tires to cool down. Yeah. Like that's you crazy. Just, like it was hot. It was yeah. hot in Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely. I know Lewis at at the end of the race was like happy he only lost two kilograms yeah. today. I was like, bro, like, <laughs> like my God, you're sweating a lot. I know. <laughs> like, ugh. imagine the entire time that I mean they talked about it after the end of quali, but imagine the entire time that they were under the red flag after Lance's crash, having to stay in the cockpit, like. You're just, like, sitting there absolutely sweating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No. That sounds like my nightmare. I'd rather be cold than hot. I think I'd rather be hot than cold, but I also don't want to be that hot. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't want to be either, but I, yeah. if I had to pick, I'm Canadian, I'd rather be cold than hot. <laughs> I would I hate being cold. hate it. The Red Bulls just kept falling back. And then they eventually had to pit because you can't not pit. Yeah. And then that brought them back pretty far yeah. down. Oh, yeah. The, the Red Bull strategy was fucked today. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they pulled a Ferrari. Um, but, I mean, I could see how it would have worked if it had played off, if Max had managed to get ahead initially. And then... I get that, but I don't think that he, he had the time to extend the gap like he would have wanted to. On those tires? On those tires, I he guess would, I don't think he could have. Anyways. I don't know. It we'll never know. clearly did not pay off. But you know whose strategy almost did? Who's Mercedes. It did for Lewis. Okay. It almost did for George. So when Esteban, happy birthday, Esty. Sorry about your happy race. Happy birthday, Esty, bestie. We love you. We are so sorry that your race weekend ended the way it did. What even happened to him? You know what? I, I don't even know. Like, this is, again, I don't even know. I just remember him pulling off to the side. Yes. At yeah. that point. Yeah. And between the Red Bulls falling back and, like, Esteban pulling off to the side, it was pretty boring. Not too much happened. Yeah. Like it, yeah, and that that span of like maybe thirty laps, it yeah. was just like yeah, I was yeah, yeah. But then yeah, this one pulled off to the side because of where the car stopped on the track. They had to deploy another safety car, and this is when Mercedes made the best call that they could yes. have, brought in both Lewis and George for the perfect double stack pit stop, switched them onto the medium tires, so they had fresher tires, mm-hmm. they had softer, softer tires. tires, and they like I was like the race is theirs because neither of the Ferraris went in. I understand why Carlos didn't go in. I almost feel like Charles should have. I'm sorry. That's okay. I understand why Carlos didn't. I, Charles probably should have. I think he wanted to, and then they kept him out. Yeah. I think he wanted to as well. It's tough because it 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 all would have, after that, after a five second pit stop, I don't have faith in my team either to get me out ahead of the Mercedes. So like he probably would have got out of the pit ahead of one Mercedes, but behind another. Yeah. Like, he probably would have split, them. split them. But also, it would have been perfect because there was, like, a 20, 30-second gap between him and Alonzo, who was behind yeah, him. Yeah, yes. Like, he had the time to go in for a pit stop, and yeah. if it didn't work out in his favor, he still had the fresher ty- tires, yeah. and he wouldn't have lost a place. Yeah. So I don't know why they didn't pit him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I get it. I think it was more <laughs> of a defensive strategy. It was keep him out, don't put a, try not to put a Mercedes ahead of him so that he can defend against mm-hmm. Um, and keep Carlos's lead, but it, it, the exact thing ended up happening because Car or Char- uh, Charles, Charles, because Charles couldn't defend mm-hmm. because his tires weren't good enough. 
Um, and the Mercedes were on fire. They were putting up like like fastest lap after fastest lap. I was blown away. Um, Caitlin, yes. like IndyCar Caitlin. Yeah. She's like, okay, I don't usually watch this, but I but she's listened. She listens to the podcast. She's yeah. like, I want to know what's going on. So she was watching it, and she was like, Welcome to the club, Caitlin. Welcome to the club, Caitlin. She said, Okay, I'm confused. There's one pit crew per team. Yeah. Because with IndyCar, each team has its or each car has its own pit crew. Yeah. Whereas F1 isn't like that. To be fair, though, with Indy, only six people are allowed to be on the car at a time. Yeah. And with F1, it's like, there's all hands on deck. It's yeah. like 20 people at one pit yeah. stop. Yeah. Um, and so I was explaining There's to like her, two people per wheel. Honestly, or per, per honestly, tire. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's a lot of people on the car. But, so I was explaining it to her as like the double pit, like, as a double stacking was happening at the first safety car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's very risky it doesn't always play off. Mm-hmm. And then when that second one happened with Mercedes, she was like, that was beautiful. And I was like, yes, it Whoa. was beautiful. Like, that came from a from a an over-the-wall pit mecha- pit crew mechanic. Yeah. So must have been nice. It must have been nice. <laughs> like, so I was like, yes, Caitlin, you get it. It was beautiful. I mean, that and also in indie, I find it to be less of a team game. So like there should be a crew for each car because it's car mm-hmm. it's more car versus car than like team strategy. Mm-hmm. But like obviously Ferrari team strategy and F1 like you're trying to like or Mercedes you're trying to like do the best for your team, not just for like your one car. I get it. I get what you're yeah. saying. But yeah. yeah, no, it's just interesting, you know. I guess most of our listeners are F1 mm-hmm. fans, but yeah, I guess someone if you're only coming from indie, it's it's just different. It's mm-hmm. a different little thing. But yeah, no, beautiful double stack. Mercedes. Yeah, they pulled it off great. They pulled it off. And can I just say, like, after that, Carlos... Okay, if 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 someone had told me today, pretty sure Carlos and Lando are still teammates, I'd be like, yes. Like, they are. Like, the way that they The way they interact. Oh, yeah. 100% they're still teammates. I think they're still best friends. Oh, of course they're best <laughs> friends. But, so it was Carlos in the lead, Lando's behind, Lando's. Lando's? <laughs> Usually people say Carlando, but we're going with Lando's. Carlos in the better. (laughs) Anyway, Carlos in the lead, Lando behind, and then the two Mercedes gaining quickly. Yeah. And they were within striking distance fairly quick, like fairly quickly. Like they made their they made their way back up. They closed the gap. They had the better tires. And George, he could have won. He was in you don't think he could have? No, he could have. He one thousand percent could have. It was literally, and he said this in his post-race interview, a matter of like two centimeters mm-hmm. that screwed him from a podium at, at least yes so probably a race win carlo i'm just gonna put all the props to carlos here holy shit he played a strategic so defensive game at the end and he was so smart for that he knew that as soon as george overtook lando yeah carlos carlos knew he'd be screwed over yeah. so what he did was close the gap between him and lando so lando had DRS activated. Yeah. So Lando could be faster, could yeah. defend could, more. Could um, open the gap between him and George. Yeah. Because yeah. then that led to a DRS train. Yeah. And like, you know, how it's difficult if all three cars are all have DRS. Like it is very difficult to pass in that situation. So Carlos knew that Lando wouldn't have it. If Lando didn't have it, he would have been passed. Yeah. And then he really couldn't defend behind George. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was selfish in a way. But but Lando said after the race, he's like, he did what benefited his race and what benefited yes, my race. exactly. It was totally mutually beneficial. It was great. Yeah. And I don't think they're like, I don't think, okay, maybe selfish wasn't the right word, but it was risky because by giving Lando that DRS, it was closing the gap between them. And Lando also could have tried to overtake. Yeah. Lando could have gone for the win at yeah. that point. And so we were like, what is going on? Like it was, 
I if was, Lando had George's uh, tires, that would have happened. Yeah, but it was but Lando it was all would not tire degree. Lando would not have gone in for the pit stop. Like he no 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 he no. would have just completely screwed himself over. But it was. It was insane. And he had, Carlos had called into his engineer and said, let me know the distance behind Lando yeah. every lap. Yeah. And Lando, or Carlos's engineer was like 0.8 with DRS. And Carlos says, that's on purpose. Yeah. Like he yeah. wanted to give, anyway, I was just like, this is perfect. He's, we said it before. He's his own strategist. Like he's own, his, he's his own strategist. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I listen. I said, I didn't like Carlos at Ferrari, but I loved it today. He was perfect he was everything he did what he had to do and i was here for it don't give me that look <laughs> we're allowed to change our minds here i was a max fan this weekend okay leave me alone leave me alone <laughs> it was perfect it, was, it perfect. was perfect it was perfect he was just so smart about his strategy and knowing what tires everyone but well, lando and george were on mm-hmm. knowing the distance and wanting to keep that in his brain and playing that defensive game and charles props to him too he also played a pretty defensive game for the majority of the race. Mm-hmm. He ended up finishing fourth. He kept he Max behind him. Kept at one Max point. behind. You know what? I thought Max was going to overtake him before the Max actually finished like 3 thousandths of, of a, a second, second. Yeah. behind Charles. So like fourth place for Charles should be commended. Mm-hmm. He played a defensive game. Though I I mean, he probably would have finished fifth, but George crashed. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, but Max was catching up. Max was, he was there. right there. He was like, there. He was, uh, yeah. Like I said, a three thousandths of a second is nothing to sneeze at. Like that is extremely close. To sneeze at? That's like a, a figure of speech. I've it's like never no. heard that before. It's nothing to sneeze at? Yeah. It's like not nothing to like brush off, you know? Teaching Emma things daily. <laughs> um, anyways, shout out to, to Charles too. He is now. What? He's, I think He's gaining a, a perspective he has never had before. Of not being the number one driver? Yes. Okay, okay. Like, I just think that the history between Charles and Ferrari is what makes him usually their number one driver. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's necessarily, like, based on just, like, driver skill. Maybe it is because he's won race, more races for Ferrari. But I just think that right now he's getting a perspective he never had before. And that... Definitely makes him want to be a better teammate, mm-hmm. I think, because he's in what Carlos's seat was for a lot of races. Well, I mean, comparing this race to Monza, when in Monza, they were like fighting each other. Right. And then this race, they were very much on the same page. Right. And like, not like Car- Charles could have fought. Right. Because he was, he had that second place for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. He could have, and he didn't. And he, he knew that his job was to keep the cars yeah. behind. I mean, to be fair, like that, we're, we're comparing two very different parts of the race, right. but I just feel like maybe they got like a slap on the wrist after Monza and was like, you guys are pushing it. I feel like it's more of someone other than Red Bull is going to win this race. And if you two don't work together, it's going to be Mercedes. Yeah. So I feel like he really put the team first, like Carlos has done many times before. But I don't um, think Charles has ever had to put the he's team He's never first had to be in, in that yes, sense. I agree. It's it's literally like Max with Checo. Mm-hmm. Max has never had to defend for Checo to take the win. Like yeah. he has, but not by choice. Well, do you remember that one race? I think it was last year, maybe the year before, where Checo, it was like Checo and Charles. Yeah. Yes. And Max did not let Checo pass yeah. to get that extra point. Yeah. Anyway, so like that. I mean, off topic. It's but team like, game. Like it's, it, yeah. I just think that that Charles played a great team game today. But um, yeah. also. And I was going to make a TikTok about this this weekend, but we know I'm really bad at TikTok. And sometimes I just get nervous about what I'm going to say. And well, when I, when I do post a TikTok, I like keep refreshing the likes and the comments like every 
10 minutes for like two hours because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want anyone to hate me. <laughs> you think that my fear of TikTok is just because I don't know how to use it. <laughs> well, you don't really know how to I use it. I don't know how to use it. Anyways. Okay. So we've heard a post. Is this recording? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. We've heard of post breakup glow. Where are you going with this? Issa's had it after her breakup with Carlos. Elena's had it after her breakup with Esteban. Mm-hmm. I would say Charlotte has had it after her breakup with Charles. Carlos is having post breakup success. Okay. He, since the summer, has been the number one Ferrari driver. He's been outperforming Charles. He's got two poles and a race win. A podium? Didn't he, he podium last week? Or he podiumed in Monza. Did he not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He got a third. He got third place. I'm just saying, I don't know if there's a correlation here. And I do this. I do try to connect things because I said for a long time that Alex was the problem with Charles's race. Anyway, this weekend. She was? Yeah. She looked stunning. Her, I saw his friends were there, but I didn't see her. So I almost posted saying, now we'll know whether it's her or his friends. No, she was but there. But she was there. Okay, well... So theory debunked. This one could be debunked too very quickly. But I do think that for some reason, since the breakup, Carlos is having like career success. I respect That's it. his version of post-breakup glow. Yeah. I mean, not to mention that he actually also is glowing. Like mm-hmm. he got a haircut. It also could be new relationship glow. He I'm got not a sure. Haircut. He did get a haircut. Shout out Sheila's Formula One. Yes. I'm very sorry for your loss. Okay, so Michaela, <laughs> at like at Sheila's Formula One. Um, her world got rocked this week because, by learning that Carlos does not condition his hair. And also when Carlos showed up with a haircut, okay, she always she's always the first to point out how good his hair looks. Yes. Anytime, any time of day. During like when he takes his helmet off, during the interviews, it's perfect. She'll always point it out. She's not wrong. No, pff, he's got perfect he, hair. But then he showed up with a haircut and then Said he doesn't condition. She's probably going through it right no, now. She was. <laughs> you can tell in her stories she was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Carlos is glowing. Yeah. He's succeeding. I'm I'm sorry. We just haven't talked about it. Red Bull didn't win for the first time. I mean, we were talking about this whole time, but like Red they, they F1 is like back. Like that entire I'm very hesitant to say that. But, but that's what it felt like. It did feel like that. It was like the most intense racing. In the last 15 laps, and I had seen this entire season yeah, so far, yes. Red Bull was nowhere in sight. I know. Like, that's how it's... Not saying Red Bull shouldn't be there, but that racing, that competition, that's how it should be. You could see the yes. Mercedes, the McLaren, Ferraris. Like, they were on par with each other. Yeah. It was... Oh, my God. Like, that... We deserve more of that. Now, imagine this type of race every race for the rest of the season. Like, I need it. The championship is in Max's hands at this point, like uh, barring something absolutely catastrophic. I don't think he's like officially mathematically won it yet, yet. but like he, he 1000% could. Um, Anyways, that's what the 2021 season was like. Mm -hmm. And that's why I fell in love with the sport because watching it was like, oh my God, I have to know what happens next weekend now. Like it was appointment TV. You don't miss it. Mm -hmm. These days, I feel like I can wake up at nine instead of eight and watch the race whenever I want, watch it back because I know I'm not missing anything. Max is going to win. Checo's going to be there. You're going to get a different third. That's great. But like, it's just, I don't want to say I've been bored this season. I have just not been as interested as usual. And if we didn't record the podcast and I didn't take notes all the time, I probably wouldn't be as invested in the race. But this type of race, you don't need to 
do to do anything. Like it's just naturally exciting, mm-hmm. and that's what racing should be, and that's what Formula One should be. I couldn't breathe for those last fifteen minutes. Like mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my I. Oh my goodness. And you weren't even watching it at the same time as me. I, but I was still on the edge of my seat. It's Ugh. just like, and that's that's good, clean racing. It's not mm-hmm. interesting because there's a crash. It's not interesting because there's no. a safety car. It's not interesting because a strategy got got screwed up by like a pit stop or something like that. It was, it was strategy versus strategy. It was tires versus tire strategy, like whatever. And it was driver good, versus driver. Hard like it was racing is how it should be. Yeah. Um, we kind of just completely glossed over the fact that George crashed. Yeah. So there was, there's a part of the wall that kind of juts out and I guess he just nicked his rear tire against it and went right into the wall on the last lap. And George was, he could have, he was on track for a podium, potentially could have got second, maybe even one. Yeah. And it just completely, I'd say I feel so bad. If George didn't crash and there was one more lap, he would have won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he was gaining on Carlos and he would have overtaken he Lando and it was yeah the fastest driver on the track yeah. like he was setting those times he he was committed and like I I'm not we're not like huge George Russell fans but I was so sad to see it I was so sad because yeah. like he had such a good race his strategy was perfect he was he the entire time like they knew what they were doing and he deserved to be on that podium. I mean, so did Lewis. Like they both, they were pretty much like hand in hand with performance this whole weekend. But to see George almost have it in his grasp and then just into the wall, like the devastation. Oh, it just like hurt me to watch that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was sad. And he's so passionate that you, while I don't, I don't not like George. I really like George outside the car. Like I've said this before. Uh, Inside the car, he annoys me a little bit, but I root for him still. Like I I want George to do well. There's no one that we're like not actively rooting for. I mean, it's not like we're like, we hope this driver fails. Like we don't. I don't think there's anyone that I actively root against. Yeah, no. I would say if I did also. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was sad. Speaking of the wall, Lando hit... The wall in exactly the place where George hit it as he was celebrating his... Celebratory lap. P2. Yeah, he's like, oh, I hit the wall. But he's fine. It is probably the funniest radio message I've seen. He's so happy. Like, he's ugh, so excited. I, I just need that race win to come. Like, it's so close. It's almost there. It's... it. Ugh. Oh, he. if it doesn't come this year, it for sure will be next year. It has to. Yeah, I know. I want that for him so bad. I also want to point out that Valtteri also DNF. He had a gearbox issue and I didn't at like know the lap 56. Okay. There was six laps left. And at that point, we were in the middle of the battle at, for the podium. And so I can understand why the commentators, why the broadcast didn't go to Valtteri. But yeah, he had to retire because of a uh, gearbox issue. Mm-hmm. Oscar, starting from P17, having the worst qualifying session and then finishing P7. Props to him. He's also, sneaky performance from Pierre today, finishing sixth. Six, yeah, I know. Well, that's what he said. Alpine is like a roller coaster. I don't think I could ever root for that team. I think <laughs> you know, no, because they hurt your heart every yeah. week. Like it's like Ferrari, but worse because it's know. like not a not a strategy that's screwing them up. It's like the car. Is Esteban sixth DNF? Uh, when I saw that stat. This season, sixth DNF this season. That's crazy. I feel so bad. I for feel him. so bad for him. On his birthday. I know. Also, do you think that this race really screws over Yuki? Okay, that was on my notes to talk about Yuki. 
Yuki's future. It was in the note says Yuki's future question mark because I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that, I mean, Liam was very close to, cause he, he finished ninth. Yeah. Very close to eight. Like he could have doubled Alphatari's points with like in that yeah. race because Yuki's sitting at two. He's gotten two 10th place finishes and Liam, his third race in a very difficult track already had an incredible qualifying session, knocked out Max Verstappen, and then went and finished in the points. Le- like, I don't have words. Liam's incredible. And I think this screws over Yuki. I, 100%. I do too. I think the only way Yuki stays at Alpatari is if Danny Rick gets that contract with Red Bull for 2024, and then it's Liam and Yuki at Alpatari, and like Danny and Max at Red Bull. Yeah, I agree. And it's, which is... A possibility because, yeah, whatever. Checo has a contract, but it's Red Bull. They will cut a contract like it, like it's nothing. So that's the only way I see Yuki staying at Alphatari. But I think that seat is now Liam's. I, I, I do too. You know? I do too. With that being said, I'm also really concerned about Lance's future. Q1. <sighs> I know. Q1. I know. It wasn't Q3. It was... I understand they're pushing. This happened. They, they crash out in practice sometimes. Okay, but hear, like, hear me out. This is fed by delusion. Even, we literally didn't even mention the fact that Lance did not start the race. Oh yeah, he didn't race. He couldn't. The car had too much damage, and also he was a bit. He had too much damage. Shaken he mean up. he didn't have damage. He was fine. He was fine. But shaken up. I mean, shaken up. Like you're probably sore. Your mm-hmm. neck's probably sore. I I don't know. I've never been in that position. But they just said that it was nasty. That they're gonna get him healthy for next weekend in Suzuka. Um. Okay, fed by delusion. What if Lance is gone? Aston Martin offers Checo a spot beside Fernando. Danny goes to Max. It's Yuki and Liam at Alphatari. We haven't talked about the potential of Checo going. It. Like, we haven't said, like, which team he'd go to. But we you know keep, what's funny? But we keep saying he might not be there. But where's he going to go? What if he goes to Aston Martin? So that actually is Checo's old team. True. Racing Point. Mm-hmm. He had raced with Racing Point prior to being signed for Red Bull. Before it got, like... Well, and he, he raced under Force India, too. Yeah. Right, it was Racing Point. It was just Force India that he raced with. Regardless, no, yeah, he, was, he raced with Racing Point. For it sure. was that team, yeah. and then they just had a lot of name changes. But that was Checo's team. Yeah, and he had won. He had got podiums with them. Yeah, I I just wonder what the relationship was with with Lawrence at the end of that because Checo was kind of like it happened near the end of the season mm-hmm. when he wasn't renewed. So I don't know if like. If he was blindsided, or I don't know what that relationship was like. I don't think he'd be blindsided. No, I, think I don't if, think so either. I think if Red Bull wants you, they'll probably make it known that, hey, right. we're, we want you for our seat. Yeah. They just can't announce it or something yeah. until later on. So it, I don't think it was a blindside. I think Checo saw the opportunity at Red Bull and took it, obviously. Why wouldn't you? But I think now, I'm just saying, what if? That's not, probably not going to happen, but like we love to throw out the delusions. What if? That I mean... Lance you're you're right. We do talk about who takes Checo's seat, who takes Checo's seat, but like you don't Where's you Checo don't ever going? talk about where Checo's going because Checo's obviously still in, like I said, the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't lose a seat. Like there's no way. Anyways, that was a very good race recap from us. We yeah. actually were pretty on track. We were on track. Good for us. <laughs> we should talk about Suzuka. Yeah, we're gonna do this really quickly. Track stats with Han. Track stats with Han. Let's get into it. And me, I have some stuff to say about it. Oh, yes. Emma does have some <laughs> some contributions to track stats this week, but I'm going to take it over. <laughs> okay. Next weekend, we are racing in Suzuka. That is in Japan, for those of you who are new to Formula One. Um, 
it is a very interesting course. There is 18 corners. That's usually, that's a lot for an F1 track. Um, there is one DRS zone, which we didn't talk about DRS. The DRS controversy. Oh yeah. They Singapore. almost added on a fourth DRS zone, but they decided against it. In Singapore. Yes. Um, yeah, there's only one DRS zone in Suzuka, which is interesting. Um, 53 laps. It was a bit of a longer track. It was built in 1962 and it debuted in F1 in 1987. So like a, it, it was used for a long time before it was used for F1. It was actually built by, and you know what? I'm actually just not going to attempt his first name, but Honda, the, the man whose last name was Honda, who founded the car company Honda. He built this track as, or had his company build this track as like a testing track for the Honda cars that they were manufacturing. Yeah, it's a very high speed track. Um, who won last year? Max won, Checo second, Charles third. Max qualified first, Charles qualified second, and Carlos qualified third, and and Checo qualified fourth. So if it, it was like just a just a mix up of like the top four, pretty much. Um, there was no DNFs last year. That's one of the first races I can say that about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone took an engine penalty either. So it was, um, yeah. I I do what okay. What happened last year is the weather was bad. Yeah, it was like a downpour, and they actually had to sp- stop the race. And F1 has a time limit as to how long they can go. Yeah. And so at that point, there was only 50 minutes left by the time they could restart. So it wasn't a matter of laps. It was a matter of like, it's based off time. Like yes, they only yes. Like 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah. The only other race I've ever watched like that was Spa. Yeah. So last year with the rain, I be- I truly believe they they sent out the red, f- or they, they put out the red flag way too late. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are unaware This is also the track where Jules Bianchi unfortunately passed away. And that scenario, pretty much the identical scenario happened to Pierre last year. And it was very, very fortunate that Pierre didn't have the same result that Jules unfortunately had. Because the way that Jules passed away was there was a a car that had gone off. I don't know if, I don't know who it was. They had a collision. The tractor had to come out and... To remove, get, the car. to remove the car off the track so that the car, the rest of them could keep racing. And it was down, it was such a torrential downpour that when Jules spun off, the tractor was still on the track retrieving the car that had gone into the barriers and Jules went right into the tractor and unfortunately lost his life. That should never have happened again. Essentially what should have happened is the tractor should have come out, especially with the conditions. It should have come out after the car's after the cars were either in the pit lane already mm-hmm. or ju- or very near or entering the mm-hmm. entering the pit lane like there should not have been anybody on the track while the tractor was out given the history given the state of the weather mm-hmm. i it was pierre was absolutely furious about this because when, on he, his radio message he almost collided into the tractor because yes. there was a tractor that had come out and pierre almost collided with it and like it, w- it could have been the exact same thing that yeah. happened. Yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't. But he was pissed off to be, when he was. A speaking. lot of drivers were. Yeah. At the, at the end of this when they were speaking the to the reporters afterwards, yeah. they were disappointed in how the FIA handled it. They were angry. Yeah. They scared. Yeah. Obviously, like it was. It was. It shouldn't have happened. It, it should never have. They should have learned once. 
with a very unfortunate result. First of all, it should never have happened in the first place. I think mm-hmm. that the fact that the tractor was even there during Jules's race mm-hmm. should never have happened because how can you have there still that so many big machinery? The There's still cars on the track and it was wet. It was a downpour. People are going to spin off. Mm-hmm. And the, unfor- the most unfortunate thing that could have happened did. Mm-hmm. And then to think that they would not learn from that at the same track, mm-hmm. in the same conditions... Again, so thankful that nothing happened to Pierre, but right, he was so um, validated in his anger. Anger, and there was, I think Charles was spoken to about it as well, and he was angry. They were all angry. It was just, yeah, again, very happy nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I hope that that was the final straw mm-hmm. because apparently what happened to Jules wasn't. Yeah, I hope that's it, and that what they spoke out against last year never, never happens again just like more on the track itself. It's actually um, just like still to do with Saduka. Um, it's the one track that crosses over. So they actually switch directions. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's like a figure eight. Yeah. Not a figure eight, obviously, but go look at the track because they literally switch directions. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen mm-hmm. in Formula One. Yeah. Um, as well as it's the track where Arden Senna uh, got his first championship mm. at this track. So Suzuka used to be a race that was like, the second last and sometimes last race on the calendar. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore, but it used to be. And many times, I think there's been 12 occasions where a world champion has been crowned at Suzuka, um, including five consecutive seasons between 87 and 91. Like, to be fair, though, it was always either like a last track or like a second last track on the season. But there's been a lot of championships decided at Suzuka. And that was the case last year with Max, even though there were still a handful of races mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. Like... Suzuka, for some reason, is where champions are crowned. It's just, that's what it is. Um, in 2009 and 2018, those are the only races in, Sudu- in Suzuka where the top three finished in the same order that they started. So it's known mm. for not... For, like, switching up the order. Yes. Yeah. Something about the track just, mm. yeah, gets everyone a little discombobulated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I should mention right now, just checking the forecast. Now we are a week out, but it, there is not... There really isn't calling for rain... Um, this weekend, maybe a bit Friday for practice, but that would be it all as of, as of right now. So hope everything changes. We don't know. We won't know. Yeah. Hoping for a good dry race next week. It'll be a home race for Yuki, which is Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. So I'm really hoping he can pull through. We need something. We need more than a yoint. We need a few yoints. Yeah. Give us a yoint. (laughs) We need a yoint. Um, we'll see if Red Bull can come back. Max is fairly confident that this weekend was a one-off. Yeah. So he's confident that they'll be back to where they were next week. We'll see. I, I do feel like it's going to be one of those races where Williams and Red Bull qualify really well. And then you just never know what actually happens during the race. I don't know. So. Um, But McLaren had brought the upgrades to Lando's car this weekend. And yeah, they did. Oscars and the... Upgrades obviously worked, and so I would assume Oscar's going to get them again next weekend. Yeah. We'll see how the McLaren can handle, hold their own. Yeah. But that is Singapore race recap. That is prepping for Suzuka. What time does Suzuka start for us? Suzuka starts midnight. Okay, so I was wondering this because I remember last year, I think I talked about this, when I was at the bar. Yes. And I was watching the F1 race. That must have been Suzuka. It's at midnight. Well, I mean, I'll just stay up for it because it's midnight Sunday. So it'll end at like 2 a.m. I literally have like 
so I have to be at a meeting at 7 a.m. On Sunday? Yeah. Oh, no. What are you going to do? Actually, 6.30. So what are you going to do? What am I going to do? We'll figure it out. I might have to sleep during the day. Yeah, maybe. Just going to fuck up my whole weekends and my whole week's sleep schedule. But for F1, I would do it. Anyways, that thank is... you for listening. Thank you for your great um, feedback on our indie episodes that we put mm-hmm. out. We did two for the past two weeks. We're just sticking to one for now because the indie season is over. But we got some great feedback. Mm-hmm. We have, I think, successfully converted some people to indie. People to indie. And yeah. I love that for us and for them. Mm-hmm. And exciting things to come yeah. with indie. I would suggest honestly following the drivers now on Instagram and you'll just see like who they are. Okay. Hannah has something to say. I have something to say. <laughs> Pato left the IndyCar season and immediately flew to New York for fashion week with yeah. Elba, his mm-hmm. sister, obviously fashion lady. She's just like that's super her. cool. That's what she does. And was invited to the Hermes show. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know who walked in the Hermes show? Taylor Fritz. The tennis The guy. tennis player. Yeah. My worlds collide once more. I'm just going to say Pato looked so good. Amazing. I know um, Hannah is, she's yeah. got the biggest crush on Pato now. It's just, it happened in the last like, like week. Week. I can't tell you what happened. It's just, I mean, join the club. Like I've been there, but now I just like, I always was like, oh, like this guy's like silly and like. I, cause I, you know what it is? It's more of a personality for me. Mm-hmm. And I started watching like him on Roman Grosjean's um, YouTube, him on the Red Flags podcast, McLaren's, just, like, content. McLaren's content with him. He did a, a, a little fun game segment with Lando. I don't know if you've seen it mm-hmm. where he teaches Lando Spanish. Yeah. Hilarious because also I've watched Carlos try to teach Lando Spanish. That man will just never learn another language, I don't think. Um, and also we're getting Pato for. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Free practice. He raced or he he took over in the car for free practice last year in Abu Dhabi. And we're getting it this year. And we're getting year. it again this year. So um, I remember seeing him last year, but I didn't know who he was. No, of course not. I, I had heard the name, but I didn't really know mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Anyway, so we're excited. We are Pato fans over at Track Talk. He's thriving. We love to see it. I need Pato merch, like straight up. I need... You know that t-shirt I designed? I'll just print them for us. With the cowboy hat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Paddle Obsession has officially come to track talk, but indie season's over, so that's okay. We'll make do. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to rate this. Give us five stars if you like the episode. Follow us on social media. Um, but we will be back next week to talk about Suzuka. Say bye. Bye. <laughs>